One of the largest questions that Christians, those who have been truly redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, forgiven because of what Christ did for them, one of the biggest questions for those Christians to face is the problem of forgiving others. You'd think that we who have received so much in our forgiveness from Jesus Christ would find it easy to forgive others. And yet, it doesn't come very easily. In fact, when Jesus began to speak about this subject of forgiveness, he opened the discussion in Luke 17:3 with these significant words, be on your guard. Now, I want to warn you this morning that if you are a Christian and you're listening to this discussion, you'd better watch out. What Jesus has to say when he opens a discussion with words like that can't be easy to take. What he has to say has got to be hard. So heed his warning. And I think you're going to find out that during today's broadcast, the next broadcast you listen to, and the one following that as we continue to discuss this Luke 17 passage for three broadcasts, I think you're going to find out that what he says is not easy. In fact, it's very difficult. And yet, it's very necessary for all of us to recognize what the Lord is telling us about this altogether important issue of how to forgive one another. Now, there are two things that we need to notice in verse 3 of Luke 17. The first thing that Jesus says is, if your brother sins, rebuke him. That's hard, very hard, very difficult to do. But the second thing he says is, and if he repents, forgive him. That's even harder to do. Spurgeon once compared rheumatism and gout. He had the problem of gout, and he was talking to somebody who had rheumatism, and he said, if you think rheumatism is bad, and it is bad, it's sort of like this. It's like putting your finger in a vice and turning the vice around on the finger until it presses down so hard on your finger that you just can't stand it. That's rheumatism. He said, then give the vice five more turns. That's gout. Well, this first is like rheumatism. It's pretty hard. It's very difficult to take. But the second is like gout. It's much harder. We won't get all the way through this discussion today, but I hope you'll be able to stay with us over the next two broadcasts as we open up this passage for you from the Word of God. Now let's begin to consider this question a little bit more fully. The first thing to notice is that when another person sins against you, Jesus says that lays an obligation on you. No, I didn't say that wrongly. That's what Jesus said, that when he wrongs you, you are thereby obligated to do something about it. Now you say, well, I can't understand that. After all, he was the one who wronged me. Why am I obligated to do something about it? Isn't he obligated instead? Well, he is obligated, that's true. But you are too. His obligation is not spoken of in this passage because this passage is talking about the obligation of a person who is wronged. Elsewhere in the Word of God, we read about the obligation who has, of the person who has done the wrong. For example, in Matthew 5, we're told by the Lord Jesus that if you're offering your gift at the altar, there you are in the midst of an act of worship, what could be more important than that? Well, Jesus says one thing is, 
He says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, you're to drop that gift right on the spot, not even go on until you finish that act of worship. Drop it and go first, Jesus says. There's a word of priority. Go first and be reconciled to your brother and then return and finish offering that gift. So Jesus lays heavy priority upon this matter of getting things right with one's brother, of keeping things in shape. This is what Jesus says we must do if we have wronged another. But here in Luke 17, he's not talking about the person who has done the wrong or who has been labeled by the other party as having done the wrong. Instead, he's talking about the person who has been hurt, the victim, not the violator. And he says, if your brother has sinned against you, you, as the one who has been victimized by him, are obligated. Now, that may not seem right or fair to you, but think about it for a moment. Here you are doing nothing wrong, but somebody else comes literally running right across your feet or figuratively stamping all over your toes and just goes on his way about his own business. There you stand with toes flattened out, all ten of them like ten silver dollar pancakes, wondering what you ought to do next, whether you ought to pour syrup on them to make them feel better or what. Jesus says you can't stand there worrying about it. You can't stand there hating the person. You can't stand there and uh, tell everybody else about it. You're obligated. The minute somebody has done something that's gotten between you and another brother, the minute something has happened that has brought about an unreconciled condition between you and a brother, you're obligated to go after him. What you ought to do is to flap after him over the hill with your pancake feet and go there and grab him by the nape of the collar and say, whoa, brother, we've got things to talk about, and lay the whole matter on the table with him. That's your obligation. You say, I still don't see it. He's the one who wronged me. Why am I obligated? Well, think about it. Here is somebody who goes trampling all over your feet, goes off his own way, doing what he wants to do, and uh, just ignores you in the process. Well, suppose you had to wait for him to come back. Maybe he doesn't even know that he's trampled on your feet. Maybe he doesn't even know he's offended you. Maybe he doesn't even know that there's any problem at all. He may have been just heedlessly going his way, carelessly perhaps, but not even realizing that you were in his way. So caught up with what he was doing that he didn't even realize that your feelings were hurt or your toes were hurt. And so he goes on, and if you don't tell him, how will he ever know? How will he ever realize that you are offended by him? How can reconciliation be brought about? Jesus does not allow for that situation to exist. He doesn't allow a brother to stand there with arm folded, uh, looking back and saying, well, let him come to me. He's the one who did the wrong. There can be no loose ends in the way that Jesus Christ leaves the situation for us. He obligates both parties. Both the offender and the offended are obligated to go and get the matter straightened out between them. That means that if both parties have a dust off up and they go off in a huff, and as they calm down, both of them realize that there's something between the two of them. Ideally speaking, if they both obeyed the word of Jesus Christ, they ought to meet one another on the way to get matters settled. Surely when brothers are offended or offend one another, Jesus has provided an adequate and sufficient and perfect way for dealing with those problems. We dare not take this matter into our own hands. Too much of the strength and vitality of the church is being sapped and wasted and leaking away because we have done just that instead of heeding the word of God. 
So the first thing in the process of forgiveness that's very hard is for you to obey the commandment of God. As Jesus tells you that once you have been offended by another, it's your obligation, not only his, but also your obligation to go and to talk to him about the problem and get this matter straightened away so that reconciliation can quickly be achieved between the two of you. Is there somebody that you for a long time have been holding bitterness and resentment toward? Is there somebody that you need to get things straightened out with? Is there somebody to whom you ought to go this very day? Why not do it? Ask God to give you the strength and the grace to say the hard thing, to do the hard thing right now. Let's pray. Lord, this is not easy. What you have told us to do here requires much of us, and yet we know that this is what we must do. Help us to obey. We who have been forgiven, teach us how to forgive others, we pray. For Jesus' sake, amen.